Welcome to another episode of Inside Startup Investing. As always, I am your host, Chris Lestrino, founder and CEO of King's Crowd. Inside Startup Investing is a number one podcast for learning about the best startups and investors in the online private markets. If you are a startup investor, this is a show for you. This podcast is powered by King's Crowd's proprietary rating technology that helps us to uncover the best founders and stories that you need to hear about before clicking invest. Now, before we get started, we want to thank our sponsor, LawCloud, the premier solution for founders to prepare to raise capital online. Whether you need to file a Form C, a Form 1A, or a subscription agreement, LawCloud provides the lowest cost, easiest to use toolkit for founders to make raising capital online easier than ever. Now, on to today's show. Today, I am joined by Katrina Spade. Katrina is the founder and CEO of an organization called Recompose. Um, now, once you learn what this company does, I, I think you will be intrigued. It's definitely not a topic you necessarily want to think about on a daily basis, but is it an inevitable discussion that you will ultimately have to have. Um, and this is a really unique solution in the kind of climate tech space that you wouldn't necessarily think of off the top of your head. Um, but is a very successful company, is doing really well, and is currently raising capital on WeFunder. So with that, I am going to pass it off to the founder, Katrina, to uh, to learn more about what they're up to. Katrina, thank you so much for joining us here today. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So first off, let's get the um, the one-liner on what the business is about, just to set the stage, and then I'd love to hop in, learn more about you, and how you came to want to found this company? Sure. Recompose is a full-service funeral home that offers the service of human composting. Got it. All right. So with that as the background, uh, let's talk about you a little bit and how it is that you came to want to create this company. Well, I was actually in graduate school for architecture 10 years ago, and started to be curious about what I would do with my body when I died or what my family and friends would do with my body when I died. And I was coming at it in a very, like, personal, curious, and design-focused perspective. So I was definitely not trying to start a business or, you know, make something that actually existed. I was just really curious about the options. And I found out that there were really two main options, cremation and conventional burial. That's, you know, burial, embalming, the headstone, the casket, and a concrete grave liner. And I was like, gosh, I don't really want either of those. I don't really want to be buried and embalmed and all that. And cremation just felt a little bit wasteful. Like, I'll have something left when I die, something to give back. And so that was the, the starting place. And it was, again, really design-focused, really just curious. A friend of mine knew that I was thinking about this stuff, and she called me on the phone and asked if I'd heard about the practice that farmers use to recycle livestock back to the land, and it's a form of composting. And it was quite—it was actually in a little bit of a light bulb moment, like, ah, if you can compost a cow, surely you can compost a human being. For those who, who don't know, can you just kind of define what composting is as a starting point? Yeah, it's such a good question. Um, you know, composting is human managed natural decomposition so decomposition will happen out in nature if you put a body in the ground in the forest somewhere 
um, decomposition will occur and eventually our bodies will turn back into soil. But composting is when humans are really carefully managing that process and accelerating it. So human composting is a matter of creating the right environment for microbial activity to occur and break a body down all the way so that it's transformed from human into soil. And we do that inside of a human composting vessel and our team manages the process pretty carefully. It's much more highly managed than your food composting that you all might be imagining right now. It's it's similar plant material are laid into the vessel with the body in you know every time. The time frame is about two months long. And again, it's a carefully managed process. But the end result is this compost you can use on plants and trees and like you would any other compost. Okay, so so you, you had this idea, you're thinking about, you know, this better way of, of managing your body posthumously. How do you come to found the company? And can you tell us about kind of the components of what it means to be a business that's in the business of helping once you've died to help your body? Uh... Yeah, so the first thing was kind of conceiving of this I this new way of caring for the body. Like, instead of cremating us, let's compost us. And But with that, from the beginning has been a question of how is the funeral industry serving us as humans, as people? And, and can we do better than what we have now with the sort of conventional funeral home and the experience that you go through when someone dies? From the start, I always believed that, yeah, we could do a lot better. The funeral industry has not been innovated on meaningfully in like 200 years, you know, and that's partly because of a cultural, I think, fear of death and this belief that only a certain type of professional could possibly take care of the whole experience for you. And um, so there's a lot to undo and to reexamine and to question the assumptions of the way we care for our dead right now and have for a couple of hundred years. And so at Recompose, we really look at the whole experience. How can we be more, make death more approachable, first of all? How can we have the experience feel more meaningful to people so it doesn't feel like this transactional, done by others, you know, not personal to you kind of thing, really looking at it from, from, from all angles. And we do that at Recompose, and that's one of the reasons why I knew we wanted to create a model for a full-service funeral home, not just a technology, this green funeral technology, but also create a model for a place where people can come and have the funeral home experience, but very different than what you're used to. So let's talk about that. What does the funeral home experience look like? I mean, some of the assumptions that we've questioned from the beginning include, like, everything from we don't wear black our staff don't wear black, right? So we're actually wearing the colors of the forest and all of the design of our funeral home reminds you that the process happening there is part of the natural cycle. So when you walk into a recomposed facility, you're surrounded by images of the forest. In, in the, that case, it's actually the conservation land where families can choose to donate the soil created. So... Um, really, again, referring back always to that natural cycle and to the process that's happening inside. Some of the other assumptions we question are like, how might folks want to spend some time with the body of their loved one? 
that's something that used to happen a lot that happens in other parts of the world but that we do a lot less here in the u.s these days and so we're really pushing back like what are the benefits to taking some time with the person's body and we create spaces in our facility where families can do that so um we really try to question all assumptions and sometimes we go no that makes sense that way and sometimes we we decide to do it differently now you brought up a really good point, and I would imagine it's one of the greatest challenges in trying to grow a business like this is that, uh, and I think Americans specifically have like this real fear of death, uh, this lack of desire to talk about death, to talk about planning of death, all of those things, which I, I get. I've definitely felt those at times myself. Um, how do you manage that, and how are you helping to give people comfort to say, hey, this is a, a good way for me to manage myself when I'm gone. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a benefit to have something like human composting that just gets people's heads to swivel. You're like, wait, what? The benefit of that has been a couple fold. One is we have this beautiful partnership with press where when we talk about this idea, I mean, I've been, I was talking about the idea long before it existed and the press would write about this concept that this person has, right? Because it was so... Um, notably different than the way we're doing things we were doing things already so some of it is just getting people's attention through this idea that might feel at first quite radical but when you look at it in comparison okay now i can choose to be transformed into soil i could be burned in cremation or i could be buried in the ground and then being able to choose um, really with open eyes and an open heart with those three options i think is a real beautiful thing so a lot of times we're able to just get the conversation started by by offering up this new idea. At the same time, what we don't want is for the Recompose brand to only be that of like a head swivel or like a, like a what's that ick factor at all. And so from the beginning, we've made sure, again, back to the design effort to really incorporate beautiful, um, authentic visions of the forest, of soil, of plant life. To, to really drive home that this is part, this is nature. It's, we're using nature's process to turn your body into soil. And we want to make sure we're highlighting that and in, in frankly, a really beautiful way. So you, on the one hand, we're proposing something somewhat radical. On the other hand, we're doing so with a design aesthetic that is really approachable. Now, you've had really good adoption of your services from what I could gather just from your financials. Um, can you talk about what some of the early adopters of these services have looked like? Um, and then taking a step further, if you could talk about the business model and how you're actually taking this from being this wonderful, beautiful thing and really making a very good business out of it as well. Yeah, I think I'll actually start with that question, if you don't mind. Um, it was never my intention to have to create a niche service, right? Like our team has a vision of surpassing cremation, which is now around, I think, 52, 55% of Americans choose cremation when they die. We want to surpass that as the leading form of death care in the United States in the next 30 years. So this is a long-term vision, but we think we can do that. And there's huge environmental and carbon benefits if we can do that. If we can say, instead of cremation, the millions of people who are dying in the U.S. every year are choosing to be composted. We're sequestering carbon. We're avoiding those emissions. And I think we're hopefully giving people an experience that, you know, is more meaningful uh, in a lot of ways. And so we've always had the vision of be of spreading this wherever it's wanted. We've also seen from the beginning that people are really 
there's there's like a, they're galvanized around this idea people want to have options when it comes to the end of life they believe they should and i think too that they should and um and i'm not the only one who's disappointed with the innovation or lack thereof of the funeral industry over the past couple hundred years so a lot of people are interested in having more choice so real quickly our business model is both to open facilities where we offer the service direct to consumer and that's important because then we're showing the model right we're designing out a new model of death care and then just like demonstrating it and then we also have really importantly a licensing model where there's entities all over the world that we're talking with about partnering licensing our technology and our brand to bring recompose all over the the sort of catch there is it's not legal everywhere yet and so it's kind of following legalization that licensing um, effort is following legalization but there's huge potential and i i think it's being consumer driven for sure because people want new new options back to that consumer i would say our clients are you know by and large care about the environment whether it's they're like a seattle environmentalist or they're um, like a rancher, right, who loves the land and understands the power of soil. We've had definitely both of those clients. And we've also had some folks who are just interested in something new. So like many environmentalists, many people who are close to the land in one way or another, but then also people who are just like, yeah, I, I don't want that old way. I'd like that new way. So it's a mix of those kind of folks. And from a, a pricing perspective, how does the model work? When do people pay you? You know, is it when they're so alive, they're paying you for those services? And then is there a continuation until, you know, they've gone through the entire process? How does that work? Yeah, we have two ways. So if you died tomorrow or someone you love died tomorrow, you could call us and we would start the process with their person's body and you'd pay as what we call an at-need client. Um, we also have about... 1,400 people who've signed up for Precompose, which is our pre-arrangement uh, program. And during with Precompose, the money goes into trust, except for 10% that's revenue now to Recompose. That 90% of money stays in trust until the day you die, which is when Recompose both composts your body and takes that as revenue. It's a highly managed and regulated trust, funeral trusts, but you know, state by state, um, are highly regulated. And we have a couple of different payment plans. So if folks want to pay $100 a month, they can do so. The price is $7,000 at Recompose, which gets you the whole journey from working with our services team, paperwork like a death certificate, all the way through the transformation into soil. And one of the things that's cool about Precompose is that we have about 25% of those members are between the ages of 20 and 49. So we have young people saying, yeah, I care about this. I want to sign up for this. I know I want Recompose for my future death care. And I think that is, I mean, it's a great sign to have future customers who've already paid. It's also just a great sign for like cultural change coming. Yeah, it sure is. Right. It says where we're headed. And and just for those who can't do mental math, I was, so 1,400 people at 7,000 apiece. While you can't recognize a lot of that until they do pass, that's nearly $10 million in revenue um, already, gar or $10 million in collected fees. In future revenues. Yeah, exactly. yeah, future revenues, which are like 
not on the books yet, but a representation of real demand because it has been paid for. It's not like a letter of intent or anything. This is an actual purchase that you just can't realize until the the moment of, you know, needing to provide the service. But that that's very, very meaningful. Now, one of the other questions I, I had, because I don't know a ton about the funeral industry, but my general inkling from just observation is that it's a very fragmented industry where it's mostly kind of family-run, small, regional businesses, at least the vibe I get. Um, am I correct in that assumption? And then if so, how do you manage thinking about if you want to make this a really large business? You know, you talked about the licensing, but how do you really kind of scale this thing out to multiple states and eventually multiple countries? Yeah, the fragmentation is twofold. For one, funeral law is state by state. There's mm. like very little federal funeral law. And, you know, the, that is, there's pros and cons, I think, for that. Um, we're now legal in seven states, and there's legislation pending or started in, I think, another 11 states. So that's a great sign. We've got California and New York are already legal, um, pending regulation, but still the law has passed there. So we're seeing, to be honest, a lot quicker um, uptake of laws state by state than I thought we'd see. If you asked me, you know, 10 years ago, <laughs> it probably wouldn't be so quick. So that's a great sign. So it is a challenge. We have to kind of follow the legality in each state. Um, in terms of the the businesses, yeah, I mean, there there are a number of small family businesses that are funeral homes. A lot of those are rurally located. And then there's a couple of big companies um, services corporation international SCI is the big one in the US and and those their model is often to buy up mom and pop shops and kind of leave them mom and pop looking but they own the they own it and make it more efficient um and so you know I think for recompose we're always looking for the right partner and that's not that you just are a funeral home or a cemetery. It's also about values alignment, how you are trying to um, be approachable to clients, communicate with some transparency and clarity, you know, and, um, and of course, have the environmental value kind of lead with that environmental value. So we're, um, we're thoughtful about who we choose for partners. Um, but there are plenty of, of, organizations and companies all over the world to partner with. Can you talk a little bit more about the technology and the capsules? And, and you could go and check out on the WeFunder page, the, the capsules, what they look like, um, but how that actually works from a technical standpoint. Oh, sure. Yeah. So, um, so again, composting is creating the perfect environment to encourage microbial activity. The microbes are, they're on us right now as we're speaking to each other. They're in the air. They're on the wood chips that we use. Um, so what we're doing is encouraging their, their flourishing. And also, interestingly, those microbes won't break down a live body. So what we do at Recompose is we have a, about an eight foot long by four foot in diameter vessel, stainless steel. We place a bed of wood chips, alfalfa, and straw into that vessel and lay the person's body on top of it, cover it with more of the same. So what you have is, I like to think of them as hotels for the dead. Right. So everybody spends about a month in that vessel. And so you're spending about a month in the hotel for the dead. You're wrapped up in wood chips, alfalfa, and straw. And those vessels are providing 
air to the microbes as well, because this is in, uh, it requires oxygen, the process does. Um, the other thing that the vessels are doing is they're giving our team a readout of temperature, because inside of the vessel, as soon as we've laid all that material in, the temperatures start to heat up. That tells us that natural decomposition is beginning, the microbial activity has started. And by law, those temperatures have to sit above 131 degrees Fahrenheit for at least 72 hours. At Recompose, we're usually hitting that threshold for much more than 72 hours, but that's sort of the safety threshold. That's where harmful pathogens are destroyed. The other thing the vessels do is uh, at certain points during the process, we can rotate them. They rotate slowly to mix everything up, ensure that oxygen is reaching all of the material. Once a month has passed, our team removes the soil, screens for non-organics like a titanium hip, for example, which gets recycled. And then we reduce all the bone pieces that are left mechanically. So they get reduced into like um, kind of a sand-like substance. And then everything is reincorporated together, soil and sand-like bone. So and it cures together in a curing bin for another about a month, two to two to four weeks. So what I haven't said yet, I think, is that each person's body is creating a cubic yard of soil. That's three feet by three feet by three feet. It's a lot. And the reason we're creating so much is because of the plant material we use. And so we knew early on that we needed to have an option for families to donate that soil because not everyone, especially in urban centers, can use a cubic yard of soil. And so we've got partnerships with, um, with like land trusts that are doing conservation work right. that can receive that soil and put it to work in the forest, regenerating different habitats. And that's been a really beautiful option for folks. And about 50% of our families choose that option. When that occurs, can families also, to whatever degree they want, receive some of that yeah. dirt that's been produced? Yeah, we. one of the things that we've learned over the couple of years is we initially had just a, a small box, and then you donate the rest, or you take all of it. And of course, we found over the time, the you know, people like a mid-size option. So now we've got a couple of really nice, like, kind of mid-size containers if people want to take, you know, six of those and donate the rest. And um, again, the design of all that stuff has been really fun, thinking about functionality, thinking about the branding, and, and thinking about how it's, you know, that soil is really special. It's, you could say it's kind of sacred, but it's also just soil. And so, like, finding that balance between those two things has been really fascinating over the years. Yeah. And wh what's the reaction from, from family? You know, it's so tied up in grief often that it can be hard to parse apart. But we've heard from many that there is a deep sense of comfort that comes with the knowledge that this person's body, the physical form, is literally being folded back into the ecosystem. When that soil goes to that forest project, it is uh, like quite literally becoming eventually a tree, a bird, you know, a mossy log. I mean, it's, it can be, it's pretty mind blowing, I think, but it also can bring a great deal of comfort to families. And for those who are curious, what, um, in terms of the actual funeral, since you are a funeral home as well, um, 
what does that look like? Do they have an opportunity to to view the individual, or does that go away? How do, how does that work? Well, yes, and we we do offer the opportunity to spend some time with the person's body. We don't embalm bodies because the embalming process directly um, goes against natural decomposition. Um, but you know, you can still spend some time with a body that hasn't been embalmed, and our team is especially skilled at kind of helping families understand what that experience may be like, you know, and also, yeah, walking, walking friends and family through the process. About half of our families choose to have a service at Recompose. The other half are doing more of like a direct composting, if you will. The half that choose to have a service, most of the time that happens in our gathering space, which is um, like a little bit chapel-esque, but also reflects nature, the, the forest, and also has in it a, what we call the threshold vessel, which is kind of a doorway through from the gathering space, this space of memorial service, through to the composting, active composting area. And so as part of the ritual, folks lay their person's body down on this cradle in front of the vessel, place wood chips, alfalfa, straw, sometimes flowers, sometimes pages of books, sometimes love letters on the body. And then at the sort of the end of the service, which might look like a, a memorial service that you've been at in terms of what is said or music played, the body is placed into the threshold vessel and the door is closed. And that is sort of the, in a little bit of, it's a little bit like the burial, the graveside service, if you will, in terms of a parallel. That, that sounds amazing. So, um, Last question for you on the business, and then we'd love to wrap up with with one more more about you. Um, so on the business side, if you're an investor, you're interested in this, I think one other thing that would just be really helpful for folks is understand, um, you know, how large an opportunity this is, because I'm not sure we all kind of comprehend that not only is this a, a wonderful and very impactful thing, but quite large um, a market opportunity. So can you explain what that kind of looks like? Sure. I mean, the U.S. market is about $20 billion. Um, right now, about 2.8 uh, million Americans die each year. Um, right now, about half of them are choosing cremation. For those that are choosing cremation, because it's the lowest cost option, we may not reach those folks, right? But most of the people choosing cremation aren't doing it because it's meaningful. So, when someone's look out there looking for something that resonates, I think composting, especially with a price point of seven thousand, which is kind of in the middle of cremation and burial, can can um, be a really great choice. Got it. And what is the most challenging thing you have found in building this business? And what has been kind of the most positive or, you know, kind of wonderful thing that you didn't expect in building a business that's, you know, focused around death? I'll start with the most positive that surprised me. I got into it because I was curious about the process in the industry. And I found that working in death care has been really like um, emotionally positive because it's hard not to be really grateful about every day that you're alive when you're thinking about death all the time which I do. So that's been a really powerful thing, I think, just the personal experience. Um, certainly having clients who reach out and say that that was amazing and knowing that we, we made that happen has been amazing. 
in terms of the difficulty, gosh, I mean, I, I have a benefit of a short memory span. So, like, I don't do great waiting for people. So, or if we're, if we're waiting for a permit, man, that, that's really challenging to me. If we're waiting for, you know, back in the day when we were waiting for the uh, Washington State University to approve the pilot study, we waited for months. And that was challenging for me because I, I don't love it when we're waiting for someone else to, you know, make it happen. Yeah, dealing with outside red tape is always exactly infuriating as a founder. I totally understand your pain there. <laughs> well, Katrina, thank you so very much for your time today. This has been a very enlightening discussion for me. Um, thank you. You handled the topic really well and make it very approachable. So thank you for doing that um, and love the company that you're building and think it really does have an opportunity to be quite impactful. So uh, thank you again for your time, for your insights. And for those who are interested, you can go and invest on WeFunder right now. Thanks so much for listening to the show. If you want to use the same tools I do to find amazing founders like the ones I have on the show to power your investment decisions, you can head on over to kingscrowd.com backslash startups to try out our Edge Toolkit for 30 days free.